0: Greetings. My name is Antoinette Roots Data. And what I love is my most favorite quote from the Urantia book Devote your life to proving that love is the greatest thing in the world. Huh. I love that.
1: I'm Thank in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the Woke Wisdom Podcast. This is Alexandra Loves, and I'm with my furry cosmic guardian Cyrus and Bisu, joyfully coming to you from the Moon Garden, where wisdom is nourished, awakening is embraced, and fun is encouraged. <laughs> this is the first part of two episodes of the Woke Wisdom Podcast. It's the first time we're doing this. My guest today was the very first recording I did for this podcast. She's the first person to say yes, and it's truly an honor. Uh, you'll notice the format is a little different. I was still figuring things out as far as the structure of how I wanted this podcast to sound, and it did take a little more time to edit. We were cut off by phones and cats, and I was getting used to the software and computer batteries, and I think I edited it out, all the cat parts, but there might be still one or two in there. Also, these conversations are so juicy that for now, I'm allowing them to be what they are and come to a natural ending rather than trying to put limits on you know when i think they're supposed to end and so far this is the longest interview and that's why we have two parts two episodes and i hope that you enjoy both parts of this conversation because they are steeped in sparkling gems of wisdom and as always if you like the experience of this podcast please please help me by spreading the message far and wide with your friends by sharing with your friends and posting in groups and subscribing rating and reviewing especially on apple podcast because that's the place that helps get the message out uh, out there into the world thank you so much for helping that way Also, there's an orientation episode for the Woke Wisdom Podcast, and I highly suggest that if you're new to this audio space, please listen to that very short episode. Remember that my guests and myself are talking about our experiences and our stories, and you as a listener are not beholden to their experiences in this world. I hope that you enjoy hearing them and that you're inspired by them. In this particular episode, I wanna call your attention to talking about the medical industry, if you're feeling sensitive about that. We do talk about racism and also cancer. The second episode is more about music and creativity and introspection. I think you're gonna like both. Antoinette Roots Delta Hall is a world-renowned keyboardist in the reggae industry, and in 2019, United Religions Initiative URI, Africa, appointed her and her husband, Pato Bantan, as goodwill ambassadors of the Golden Rule. She is highly involved with spiritual communities, as well as being proactive in global outreach ministry, which includes the Urantia Movement, Uday in Thailand, Parliament of the World's Religions, OneGod.com, Harvard Divinity School, and most recently, the Convergence Gathering at the United Nations Chapel in New York. Woo! (laughs) Antoinette's spiritual communities also include Ministry with Pato Bantan, Urantra Aspirations, Ministers for Christ Michael, Daughters of the Divine Mother, I'm in that, Unity Earth, Yuri Multigeneration, and Coexist. And don't forget that she is a musician and I will play some of her music at the end of both episodes. Please come to the Woke Wisdom Podcast Facebook and Instagram pages because I'm going to post her extended bio. She's involved with so many awesome communities and doing such great work out there. And I want to connect you to some of those communities because they might speak deeply to you. So let's take a deep breath and welcome in my official first guest of the Woke Wisdom Podcast, Antoinette. Roots Data. Yay! Thank you for being here. I really uh, appreciate your time. I'm Antoinette. Let's see. How do I even introduce you? Because there's so <laughs> there's okay. so many things. <laughs> well, we already talked about how you can come. You can come and be a guest a few times. Let me tell you, I was just listening to your most recent album and i was tapping my foot the whole time and i cannot wait to talk about some of the music at the end of the album especially because uh, i was moved to tears on with yeah endless love endless love really like really took me it was yeah. So we'll get to that. <laughs> but I'm just so excited to have you here. And and I just really am inspired. We've done some projects together, multiple projects together at this point. We've known each other for a couple of years now, or maybe even more than that now. I don't even remember how we met to tell you the truth. I'm just so inspired by your passion and your focus on when you know something is aligned with you, you're in and you're focused and it's happening. And I, I think that's a really beautiful thing, especially in this world where there's so much distraction. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And, and thanks for those kind words. And, and, and I I realized why I had to sit there and have so much following my intuition and, and different things like that. It was something that my husband actually taught me about the mother spirit. Mm-hmm. And took me on this journey, discovering about the mother spirit, which has actually been going on for many years now. And yeah. then once I started uh, getting involved with other women who were also looking for the mother spirit and discovering who she was, the five things that I learned was, you know, some of the things that I learned was a spirit of intuition. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, my gosh, all this time that I was learning about the spirit of intuition is that they said, follow your instinct. If that intuition is something that's sitting there telling you, maybe you shouldn't go down that road. Something is telling you, don't go down that road. Believe it the first time. Don't wait and question the second time or the third time. Yeah. Should I go down that road. Maybe I shouldn't go down the road. Go down that road. But the first thing I thought I shouldn't go down that road, but I had to keep battling myself <laughs> about going down that road. And then the I up going down that road. I shouldn't have gone down that road. But I didn't understand what that thing was coming from until I started mm-hmm. reading about the mother spirit in the Urantia book. And mm-hmm. in there, it, it says she has a circuit, you know, it's called the mind adjutant circuits that mm-hmm. reaches and touches everybody, men mm-hmm. and women. Maybe women are feeling it more. That's why when people start getting these discussions about sexual roles or genders and things like that, it's like they, it's, it's not what they think as far as physical in nature, as far as it is, you know, something that's more, um, not a physical. By per perce- perception or what yeah. you perceive by looking at somebody. Yeah. You know, and yeah. saying it's like this person has got more estrogen or this guy's got more testosterone or whatever. Appearances right. can be deceiving. You know, you got women who are just like, I'm ready to go war. You know, like, let me fight. <laughs> and it's like these women, if they want to go fight, let them fight. Yeah. Why are you trying to why are you trying to, you know, make these women not, They want to fight and they will take some people out. And then guys, if you throw a gun at them, they're going to just like put their hands up and then just just drop on the gut on the ground. There's no way, you know, and it's just, that's just a thing. It's a mother spirit is in everybody and it reaches everybody, but maybe some people a little bit more than others, Mm -hmm. you know, but it's just something that I found out that you can tap into the mother spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, my husband can tap into the mother spirit. He taps into the mother spirit. That's why he's so empathetic and sympathetic. And reasoning, because he sit there, he understands the gifts when he wants to sit there and tap into a higher power, whether, you know, whether it's God, or whether it's Christ, or whether it's the mother, or whether it's the angels, whatever he's feeling, he knows that he's got celestial support. But when we don't know that we're just sitting there feeling like we're lost and confused, and we're unsure. But the Mm. minute you have that certainty, and that conviction to follow your heart, follow your intuition, you're going to find decisions are so much easier to be made because it's like ah that you know that person is giving me a bad vibe you know maybe i can't see the oars i don't think i'm more special than anybody else you mm-hmm. know it's like you know just because a lot of women are awakening at this time men are awakening a lot of oh people my gosh
1: so many right? i feel like that's one of the reasons i started this podcast was mm-hmm. just everyone i talked to seems to be going through especially last like five years that yeah because it's 2022 now so like i started noticing just maybe around 2015, 16, that, that people like, you know, of course I'm in community, spiritual communities and, and communities, coaching communities and all that. And of course, those people are actively awake, right? They're, they're uh, many of them anyway, are actively awake. But then I started noticing people who are outside of that people who from my past or people that seemingly, uh, I feel like, aren't around people always talking about like mother spirit or ancestry or whatever. They're not in those communities, but I still know them. I have diverse friends, you know, and they're talking about like these things that are firing off inside them. And these ideas of like thinking about like higher sources, who they really are connecting with, you know, ancestry, grandmothers or aunties or, you know, grand uncles that are, that are not here anymore. Dreams, vivid dreams, wackadoodle dreams. And I'm like, oh my God, it's here now. The the veil is being uh, pulled back, and now it's everyone. And of course, we see we see the the reflections of that in the world we're living in. Everything is being disrupted. There's nothing that that is not being disrupted
0: right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was the weird thing. So it was very weird. It was it was just Monday, and yeah. I and I, I was on Zoom on the Grand Rising on the rising of the divine feminine you Mm -hmm. know and i was sharing one of my songs and it was one of scott's global things and i was just sitting there you know playing the music you know that was my segment of the show there was Mm -hmm. a lot of other people presenting a lot of different things but all of a sudden when i started hearing these other women starting to say certain things there's two women in particular one was deborah and the other woman was heather i was sitting there you know because i I was waiting for my section of the, the 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 show and the divine but i was looking at something else you know, because I'm also trying to study other stuff. And I do a lot of multitasking. And then all of a sudden I stopped. Something she said, listen and look out for the synchronicities. Mm. And then all of a sudden I stopped and I was like, what is she talking about? And then it's like, you know, notice the signs. And there were certain signs. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. I have been noticing certain signs. And some of the things that she had mentioned, I, don't, I can't really remember because I want to get deeper into that was, oh, now I remember the signs and she started talking about getting grounded and, no. and the things and whatever. And I'm like, she went off that. She's probably spouted off about 15 different things. It was like messages yeah. that she had received. And I was sitting there. I'm like, now I'm not the kind of person who's really into channeling or mm-hmm. other stuff. I do believe that we do get, I do believe there's a spiritual connection that we always have, yeah. but I've always been kind of skeptical of people who say that they're talking to, you know, the, you know, a celestial to an angel or to an ascended master, or th- th- these are things, it's all new age stuff for me. You know, yeah. I don't know what I know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and what I've learned and what I study. But when she said those things, I'm like, oh my God, that's this, the synchronicities that she said were things that I noticed. She goes, you might notice yeah. some weird things. So when she mentioned the grounding, I was sitting there talking about a medical treatment thing, I was watching a science video. Yeah. Because you know, I was sitting there, you know, I was telling my husband, I was like, oh, we got to watch this thing about magnetic poles. And I'm just learning all this education. And and they said it in this science video about what was happening to everybody is in their problems and their health and everything else. And it was weird. I was like, I thought this was a science video. And they just went totally spiritual by seeing people are not being grounded. You have to have your feet on the ground on the grass, yeah. because there's this electrical energy that of, uh, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, is he serious? Did he just go from science into the spiritual thing of laying in the grass or whatever? Did he just go and mention this thing? And I've been feeling this, you know, but I wasn't paying attention to it because like I said, you know, something is saying, go outside. And me and my husband started walking outside every day. And we stopped at this park and he laid down on the grass. And when he laid down on the grass and I saw these cars going by, I'm like, oh my God, how many people can just lay down on the grass? <laughs> can we all just stop our cars? Right. <laughs> and I'm like, but they said to do it in a YouTube video. And I'm like, you know, the science guy, you know, because I'm sitting here with this expensive machine of the magnetic pulse watching these balls do this and everything. Yeah. And, and he's sitting there. I'm like, really? And Pato's laying there on the grass. You know, walking around barefoot and cars are just kind of staring at us. Maybe somebody called a popo like they've done before, but right, you know, and I'm like, wow, this is incredible. This is a great way to sit there in the middle of the afternoon. And this is Mm -hmm. California. It was like 75 degrees, a sun, not a cloud in the sky, Mm -hmm. laying in the grass. And I'm like, why can't we do these things? Why aren't we doing these things? And Ah. if you do that thing for like, if you went and laid in the grass for five minutes every day and you did it for a couple months and, and, what would happen then?
1: It I don't even It's a huge know. difference. No, it makes a huge difference. I'm just I remember, doing it now. <laughs> well, one of my, one of my mentors, and this is something I pass on to all the women I work with. One of my mentors is talking about grounding. Like that, she was just using that word and there's all sorts of words, you know, some, there's all sorts of words to describe what, what you're talking about. And, and I know that this is, these are practices that are just practices that humans always knew how to do. And, and, now, there's a lot of things that science of sort of like the science system that we know right now is catching up on saying we discovered this well, it's actually been known for a very long time that mother earth will recycle our, our negative energy and science has it as negative ions literally pull it out of our system. And one of my mentors once told me, she was like, you know what? Just take off your uh, just take off, go one day in a long skirt, take off your underwear and everything, and sit your root chakra right down on that ground. She's Girl. like, you, <laughs> Yes. She said, Be careful. Obviously, you don't want to get bitten by anything. And you know yeah. all of that. But she said, if you're ever like in a, a position where you don't know what to do and you're at the end of your rope, and and she's like, She's like, You need to allow or dump out like energy that you don't need and make room and be healed by mother earth. And she said the best, she said, you can stand on the ground with no shoes. You can lay on the ground, but the best way for, for a woman, especially because we carry so much tension there and everything is to sit down like your actual skin root chakra to the ground. And I started doing that on a regular, but it's been a while now, but I started doing that on a regular basis. And I go back to it sometimes when I'm just feeling like really tense or whatever. And the difference is like. I mean, it really does feel like if I'm really clued in and paying attention, it does feel like the earth is, is like lightly, gently touching me and just pulling out what I don't need. Mm -hmm. It's like a visceral feeling. And I'm, I'm just like, wow, just like what you're saying, what if we were just doing that? What if that was like, you know, when you go to school two, three times a day, everybody takes off their shoes and, Mm -hmm. And, and just it, steps on the ground, it hangs out for a while, you're,
0: you're not going to believe the video. I'm telling you, when, when I'm talking science, and like we were talking earlier about your setup for your podcast, mm. this is how scientific this video is. Now, mm-hmm. I'm a musician, so I understand this kind of science waves. So the I bought this BioMat that has five therapies in it, Ooh. right for my health. Ooh, so I was learning I all this stuff. This is a good this stuff I geek out, until out until on until <laughs> I start making these videos. It's awesome. So I was like, all this stuff I thought was just you know voodoo mumbo jumbo oils you know, crystals, you know, it's like, it's it's a bunch of, you know, Reggae on the river, hippieville. Hey, hey now, <laughs> don't let the crystals and oil hear you all say right. it. All right, I'm just being honest, so I'm getting real here. This is what I was thinking, Reggae yeah. on the river, hippieville, all this, you know, Dr. Teals and, and things like that, whatever you guys was into, I just didn't know, but it's getting back to ancient stuff. So I'm looking at yeah. the science video. I bought this mat. And it's called PEMF technology. And this mm-hmm. PEMF technology is pulse electronic something magnetic frequency. And so I've got this mm-hmm. device, and I'm looking on this device, and it's got F1910, F through one. And I had to watch a YouTube video in order to work it. I'm like, all right, if I use a red light therapy and the photon therapy and this therapy. And this therapy and the oxygenation of the cells and all this stuff. So I'm trying to, you know, my science book on, I look at the thing. If you can go put it on setting one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10, you can go 25, 50, 75, hundred percent. You could do a sine wave, a square wave, a wavy wave at how many beats or pulse, whatever and stuff. <laughs> you know, per thing. I'm like, it's all math and science and you have to calculate. There's like a million combinations of these pulse frequencies. So I'm sitting there watching the thing. And then I'm like, well, I don't know, because is it working? Because I know I went to physical therapy and they put these things on it and it kind of feels like you're being jolted. And it's like, yeah, you know what I mean? And so you feel that I'm like, I'm sitting on this thing and I don't feel anything. Mm. Maybe this is a bunch of bull, you know, because mm-hmm. I'm just sitting on it. I won't feel anything. And then they said, well, you could do this test. You have those meters and it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Whatever.
0: And then it's this little glass, this little plastic thing. It has a little metal ball in it. So yeah. I turned the thing on to sit there and see if, if I'm sitting on it, if it's actually working. I put that thing over it. You can see this metal ball just going nuts every time you change the stuff. And I was like, wow. So I said, what's more? So I started researching more about Pulse Electric not mat, because of the mat so yeah. as I started digging deeper they're like the frequencies and whatever and then in the same video when they talked about the sine waves and the square waves and how many waves and how long and all that other stuff the science i so are trying to do things and what it gives you and what the natural earth gives you and then the guy goes outside and they're doing this whole cartoon about the grass and gardening so <laughs> <laughs> and i was like wow, back to the, earth. Back back to the to earth. earth so after i was sitting there for like i mean i went like a week watching videos studying everything about pulse electronic magnetic uh, therapies and i'm going through all these therapies and stuff but i was like the most basic simple one is the one that me and Pato do every day which is walk around the block uh-huh. in the sun, grab some fruits wow. and, and oranges from our neighbors because a lot of them actually grow them you know uh-huh. make my water and then garden you know, so I'm gardening today after I get off the phone with you We're transplanting and and we love doing this. It's like it's a lot of fun. It's like our videos are going to be so funny. It's like, is this our gardening outfit? We're not gardeners, but, <laughs> you know, we're city people turning into gardeners, you know, just
1: word. Isn't that the isn't that the the name of the day? Like so many I thought I was a city person and I've lived in the city now for nine, year, almost 10 years, and i found out pretty quickly like within five years it's like I never want to live in a city again I was like fun to visit fun to visit for like maybe a couple weeks like maybe even less than that but I I want to be on land working the land like I want every day to be able to walk out easily into the grass with my bare feet and I want to be able to smell the rain on the grass not the rain on garbage and you know and I feel like that's that is that's what i'm hearing from so many people is like land like how do we get back to the land so i mean you're oh,
0: so, you're definitely ahead of the curve that's the crazy thing about this this awakening rising uh-huh. so this um this message um that's supposedly coming from the divine feminine is they start talking about the age of aquarius and i'm like yeah. oh okay now we go somewhere because yeah. papa talked about the age of aquarius back in 2012. no this wait wait, where- wait 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 aren't you aquarius no, I'm Capricorn. Oh, your Capricorn.
1: Your birthday just happened. Okay, I'm Aquarius. Right. Okay. First so my birthday just birth. happened a couple days ago. Okay.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs> so back in 2012, and this led me to all the Unity Earth and everything else. that uh, he was like, Oh, it's the it's the dawning of the age of Aquarius. Everybody else was like, it's the end of the world. Right? <laughs> For some people, it is. I know, but <laughs> I, I just, think 2001. Every- <laughs> <laughs> but while everybody was on Facebook, you know, like 2012, like oh, 2012 it loves
1: stuff. to announce the end of the world. <laughs> it was just so
0: funny. Pato, so Pato, he goes on Facebook, he goes, 2012, it's the age of Aquarius. It's a new day dawning. It's the time of the age of the women. According to Mayan calendar, the women are going to rise above their stations. They're going to move into positions of power. They're going to move <laughs> into positions of politics, of social, uh, economics, of this and that. He said all this stuff, and, and, and like I said, I wasn't paying attention to the synchronicities, but he said it back then. And then this person is saying it here, and then sometimes in the years between, people were sitting there saying, this is the age of the Aquarius, Mm. and the dawning of the age and the things that are changing. So now that we look at the times, we've got the female president in Taiwan. Mm. We've got the female um, prime minister in New Zealand. Uh. And if you notice, these two women are also, leaders of their nation, are also the most successful leaders in combating, you know, the C word, <laughs> the oh, pandemic. Okay. Yes, okay. So remember. <laughs> you know, it's, it's not about whatever. It's just about the way they handle things. Right. You know, everybody all had the same problem or the issues, but who came out with the the, the turnaround of the issues was done by these women. And it's like, wow. (laughs) Yeah. And, and and I, and I noticed, I was like, wow, it is better because there are some things that had happened during the time that had changed. Like after they had the, 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 the Trice church massacre, Mm -hmm. That woman did not take no time in discussing that debate, you know, regarding gun violence in her country. She says, right now, we're doing this right now. It was -hmm. was less than a month before that law was passed, signed into law. And all those people, remember, all the families of the victims, every single one of them was granted instant citizenship and being taken care of. She handled this like that anywhere else where do you see people handling business like that they got to talk about it oh they the bureaucracy about oh, it. The, it's the bureaucracy the this and it's like she's like there's people in need and i gotta do something right now she got, her, she got her scarf on like this right you know she's like i stand with my people you know and whatever I, it doesn't matter she's like i'm one of you and she just went and did it i'm like okay wow what if a lot of things would just happen or change by a different woman in political power, a different woman in medicine power. I watched this woman on TV the other day. She said, I don't be, I'm not paid by pharmaceuticals. I don't collect my money from there. I treat my patients like the golden rule the way that I would like to be treated. And the more that I started looking and searching, I'm like, wow, look at all these women in the health care that people are now starting to pay attention to. But remember, oh, right. they were burning them at the stake. They were calling these women witches. They were burning them witches. You know, they're calling them quacks. All this alternative, natural. I mean, this like is
1: that. this is true in like the, all the industries that I can and communities that I can perceive for myself, too. Like we were talking about the medical industry and the government, but I'm noticing in communities that they're that, you know, when I first started like coaching, you know, I'm, I don't totally love that word for what I'm doing. It's just one of the things I do. But 10 years ago, when I started doing, when I started creating my work into an actual like business with a website and everything, I felt like every community that I experienced like men were at the top all the time. And, and the women, and at that time, honestly, the women that were being listened to, even like, I am not just talking about my communities. I'm talking about the greater community of like self-help and the greater community of spirituality that I would like follow their emails or whatever. Even if there was women sort of at the top, a lot of times it, I was noticing like, there's like, like deeply into their, to their sort of masculine, like kind of talking like a guy, like trying to go after things like a guy. And I just felt like there was just a lack of, of femininity, this, this lack of this sort. I just felt like I was just talking to a whole bunch of people who are men are trying to be men in those situations. And also the way that the, I, I was enrolled in courses and the way communities work, it just felt like it was a boys club. And, and so I'm seeing, I was seeing in communities, in my dance communities, all of a sudden men were starting an old dance community I was in. There's a lot of predatory behavior and a lot of sort of like women there to please women. And I, I started noticing men stand up and say like in the last few years, like, hey, instead of women taking all of the responsibility of navigating the predatory behavior and, and, you know, absorbing all the nastiness. How about we take into account like what we're doing and, and be accountable for it and responsible for our brothers. And that is also, that is also like protecting the sacred feminine, you know, that's also the, the feminine arising in in that, like their responsibility to the, to the feminine and also being taking accountability and looking out for our brothers, like that kind of community building, that is also like them getting in touch with their, with their feminine side. I'm mm-hmm. seeing, I'm seeing that in dance. I was seeing that in, in these other communities. And I feel like everywhere I look now, there's that whole feminine rising, that whole, um, actually looking at women, paying attention to women, understanding our unique stories, because we know that being a woman is not a monolith, but there are certain things that, that that are rites of passage in in womanhood in this world that have been repeating over time over time over time over time and and we (laughs) we just got to a point now where where like this whole when you're saying the dawning of the age of the you know the the, the rise of the Aquarius and the rise of the feminine, like every summit <laughs> that I've seen in the spiritual communities in the last two years has been rise of the feminine, awakening feminine, the goddess within, you know, all of this, you know, whether we think those titles are gitchy or not, it reflects what's really happening. It's, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's just being translated, you know, within the language of whoever's creating the summit or whatever, but that is actually what is happening. And it's, it's such an interesting time to be alive because I feel like when I was a kid, like there was definitely some conditioning that I, I noticed that was kind of like, Oh, this is a man's world. Like I remember thinking those things as a kid that this is kind of a man's world. Like men just are the majority and they win at things and they get the titles and they, and so it's interesting to now be, I just turned 39 and like, be in this time where, where we get to witness this and also be a part of it. I mean, my own spiritual ancestral agreements is to support women in mm-hmm. becoming who they are and, and in this world. And that is in this world, that's quickly changing to, to favor and support that it's, it's been such an interesting and wild ride. And it's a blessed, it's like a blessed thing for me to, to be a part of. And mm-hmm. I know you're a big part of that you're a big part of that too. Cause I know the work you do and I've heard your music and I know I see how you support people. So
0: mm-hmm. it's, um, and, and I'm you're- glad we're doing
1: together. <laughs>
0: I am too. And the synchronicity, like I said, so we started off talking earlier on about watching the signs. Uh-huh. And so when I watched the signs, so like I said, I noticed the signs when she mentioned it Monday, I'm like, this explains everything that's been happening to me for the last month. You know, what has been so, happening to like, you last month, please. But as I'm seeing that part of it, you're right. And all that time, everybody else is going through this, or you saying in the new age circles, they've all been hearing it. It was just weird, weird for me that I did hear this before. It's just weird that I heard it a few years ago and I've heard mm-hmm. it years before and I heard it years before, but I didn't actually act upon it. Yeah. You know? So yes. this is I finally went to the mother spirit conference back in two IC 17 or something. And that was the first time I was on a conference talking about the mother spirit. I still didn't really know. I was like, yeah, I didn't realize, but she was literally screaming at me. And I didn't know that she was screaming at me <laughs> because there was all these signs, you know, mm-hmm. every country I went to, I went to Korea, Taiwan, Philippines mm-hmm. that year and every country was something about the divine feminine. And I didn't realize it when I was there until I came to the conference and reflected upon it. And I was like, oh yeah, uh, you know, the, in the Buddha and then in Taiwan and this happened. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, she was like yelling at me and I still wasn't paying attention but she was trying to let me know that she was there and she was present. And there was something that she wanted me to know. And I'm like, yeah. so what is it you're trying to tell me? So this is why I'm thinking of the awakening. So then Monday I was like, okay, now I hear it. I hear what she's saying. I was like, now my mission is defined. Everything else is more clear. And when it became more clear, I was already invited maybe about a month or two ago, maybe no, it was last month or, or a couple of weeks ago to do International Women's Month for March. Uh-huh. And at the time I was like, oh, that's a great idea. And then we started working and booking some stuff. I realized I've got a theme and that theme is the feminine divine rising. And mm-hmm. what is the message that I finally got that? Everybody else is probably getting too, but they're not sure what it is. And I'm just want to let them Word. know that they're getting the same message that it's okay, and you're not tripping. If you're feeling the desire or the need to get grounded, follow that intuition that you want to spend more time outside. If you're feeling that need to, to plant a fruit tree, that I realize uh, one of the things that I'm showing people is that you can plant food in in small spaces. If you live in an apartment, if you live yeah. in a balcony, you can actually still have a fruit tree on your balcony. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do in small spaces or versus the, the land. And mm-hmm. then I also, like the messages I was getting was that when you talk about the masculinity, and I noticed this for many years, and it's like, it is a, a burden to have to deal with that all the time. Mm-hmm. And if our brothers could understand this, and I'm sitting there saying, and it's kind of a thing, I don't even think they realize it. The thing about the, the man takeovers you know, especially when it's like they—they they do this. They talk over you, they um, talk through you, they talk
1: around inside you. And they, then when you react, even if it's in the comments, and they wonder or why you later that. Like, back how come moment. you react? How come you're this? How come you're that? It's like because you're talking about
0: me, you're talking over me, you're talking.
1: <laughs> and, 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 and I say
0: the truth. The the thing that's yes. most annoying about this, and it happens all the time. You know, and and I understand that. I mean, my husband is famous. And, you know, people respect them and things like that, but mm-hmm. it's just that they just don't recognize. So they just assume he came up with the idea, he uh-huh. created this or he created or whatever, but, and th- then you had nothing, even if it's something that I totally did 100% me alone, we do yeah. a lot of things together. We're really better together. Yes. You know, this yin and yang that me and him got is, is powerful. Yeah. But there's things that I want to just do, whatever. It's yeah. like I'm non-existent in this male-dominated patriarchal world. Right. It's so always like, I, oh, it, the wife of Pato yes, i yeah. to the wife. When we were doing the, our, our free concert tour last summer, uh-huh. we were doing a show and this man that I was dealing with, I mean, he was, you know, these things affect our health. You know, yes. that's another reason why, I realize why I get stressed out or whatever. And I'm so stressed out. I'm stressed out because people are stressing me out with things that they don't need to be stressing me out with. Like for instance, if a woman is asking somebody or whatever, the guys, especially if she is a project manager or if she is a person in charge, in a charge of authority or whatever, don't go and ask the guy who is her subordinate. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was watching this on that show. Harlem or something else like that. It's a very funny show with those black women. She said, "Oh, I've seen an episode of that." Yes, girl. It's she. The yes. one woman she's sitting there. Are you asking my subordinate? You just did. Did you just do that? <laughs> In his opinion, I'm sitting here trying to talk. That's exactly what happened to me, you know, because Pato was dealing with something else. And I'm like, we got this big thing. I've got to deal with sound and whatever. And I'm and, and, and our bass player, he says, oh, you got to, you know, talk to Antoinette. It says it on there. You know, she's the tour manager. Yes. So she's, the, I'm the one who handles the contracts. I'm the one who does all the things, you know, so yeah. that way Pato can be the artist. He could be the good cop. I can be the bad cop. I can be over there and sit there and say, I need this. Where's my perfume? Where's my money? Where's my As fit? someone so, who has know, managed like, many events. <laughs> this is me. No I'm out there. Stuff. You know, oh, I'm like, so, what's that guy's name? The, the scary dude in all the gangster rappers. Everybody, you know, was working for Suge Knight, you know. So here's <laughs> what I mean, Suge Knight. You know, I need this, this is and that. And, and Pato gets to be, you know, greetings, one love, one love, one love, one love. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I'm telling him my, my technical setup because I understand. I'm like, I've got left and right channels. I'm going to send you the yes. channel. I'm going to run this this way. Like when you're, your partner talking to you about sound, yes. you know, you got to go through here, left, right, blah, 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 blah. And then we'll get the sound. It's going to be perfect. He yes. did not like that. I was doing something that he did not do, you know, mm-hmm. but I was, I was taught this by Pato. You know, mm-hmm. that's why after a certain point, he does not have to be there at sound check because yes. I run everything before the actual show starts. Right. So we go ahead and set up, we do the plot. You know, he's doing a whole bunch of other stuff. This guy loses his mind. He's sitting there talking. About, I say, excuse me, excuse me. You know, because yeah. the bass player sit there. He goes, she's in charge. Because I told him, I said, I said, and he oh, turned So
1: back, important.
0: So important to have the ally. at him. Mm-hmm. Again, after I said, he goes you got to talk to her and he turns back and he looks at the guy and he goes you got to talk to her and I said exactly I said here this is what we can do you can do the sound we would love for you to do the sound but we're going to set it up one little mic thing check this way yeah and it's fine or you don't have to you know because we can do our own sound
1: mm-hmm.
0: he goes well I'm taking it all down and you should have seen wow. him he broke down. and If you ever seen a, a festival, we're talking. There's like thousands of people out there.
1: Wow. You know, the it's
0: happening in front of them. This is happening in front of them. And this is happening on stage. You know, people are witnessing and watching this. He starts breaking down all this stuff. My friends are there. I'm sitting there like, I'm losing my mind. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I said, it's okay. Because you know something? I was like, bye, Felicia. We got this. I told the band, I said, you guys know what to do when something like this happens. We have an entire yeah. PA system in the thing. They all went and got to work and set everything up. So when yeah. Pato came, all he had to do was iron his clothes, you know, and do all the fight on touches or whatever, something like that. And, and he set up the sound. He ended up because he's the one who knows how to set up and do all the sound.
1: So Antoinette, Antoinette, tell me more about like, because we get the situation, but the sickness that comes and, and the pressure of as women having this, because I've been in a, a similar situation, Okay. like I've been in a similar situation and this continues to repeat in different ways in uh, almost every community I've been in within relationships, collaborations, mm-hmm. and so and so, and I feel it. And, and I, for myself, like there was a point in time when I was just like fucking done for me. I was just like, I'm done, I'm done with this. And so then this part of me comes out where I'm just like, I don't even want to, and this is some years ago, I would approach, if I had to work very closely with a man, I would approach it with this sort of like wall up already. Cause I was just like, I just, I'm tired I, I can't, I, I cannot stay open. I'm not choosing and I don't feel like I can stay open because I have to go through this gauntlet of man mm-hmm. to be her to do my job. <laughs> I want to talk about like how this can and how it is making us sick because like, I know that in my journey, when i was realizing this thing where i'm being talked over where i'm being passed over assumed where there like a lot of weird predatory behavior and also and also not to mention like the thing where somewhat, I'm being punished because I'm not giving the time, attention, and energy to somebody who's expecting it from me and has, just has the audacity to expect it. And when they don't get it, the punishment that comes. And so I see this in my communities and in, in people on the street, collaborations, you know, with people who are sometimes close to me. And there was a period of my, a time in my life where I was definitely angry and also just primally defensive because if I walk in this world in my femininity and open and allowing myself to be vulnerable and I'm coming up against what I feel like this audacious predatory behavior and by predatory, I mean, you know, there's like low and high levels of of what that is. I definitely was building up anger and just pain a pain inside me. And so I would show up in in spaces sometimes and just automatically assume that all men were going to react to me in in this way. You know, they're gonna talk over me. They're not they're not going to pay attention. I'm going to have to fight to just exist. I'm going to have to be defend myself. And even with the therapy and the, the cleansing and the 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 work working with others and working with myself and understanding the world, my position in the world and having having learning tactics and and also like coming back into the heart, coming back the work that goes in to being able to heal myself from this, but also exist still. In this world where this is still going on at some point at some point like it breaks <laughs> like I can I can be as as open and try to be as vulnerable as possible but if I still am walking in this world I, I, I'm still absorbing that and I'm around many women who are still absorbing this and having this experience some of us are working on it some of us some of us aren't and so I understand. I feel like <laughs> I saw this meme the other day that says, that says, you might be, if you've dated a man, you might be entitled to compensation.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you know, and I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not saying proposing that men are our enemy, but this is, I think this is but part there's of. Abuse being, men
0: too. There's a, there's abuse a, yes. Mm -hmm.
1: yes and so I'm sure there are men out there if they're listening to this they're like this is how I feel about women Uh, of course and and so we have to remember that this is a podcast of two people talking about our very specific experience and we also are two people who who serve communities. And so we hear this a lot and we talk to a lot of women who are talking about this experience. So I hope that people listening can understand that we're, we're not speaking the truth of the world. It's just the truth of a lot of the world that we experience, you know, there's papers written on this. There's, there's philosophy on this, you know, this isn't just like a isolated incident. Thank
0: you for saying that because anytime, if anybody hears me say more truth, that's my truth. Don't get offended, don't get it twisted, don't get in (laughs) the way about it and everything. If I'm like more truth, that just means it speaks power to my soul. I totally resonate with that. Yeah, so
1: yeah. So so tell me about like the sickness, like okay. because of this experience, and this is such a something that's repeating. Tell me about how, because you said earlier about how you know this can make us sick. And so I'd like to know about that. So
0: I was. Diagnosed with breast cancer back in in November, Mm. and my husband found a lump in my breast back in July. So this was right when we came back from tour, you know. Mm. And the tour, it was it was very very good. It was very powerful. We have not worked in like two years, you know, during the pandemic year. It was crazy. I mean, I went out all buck wild. I was just so happy to be out the house and going all up and down. You know, we did like thirty something cities. Mm-hmm. Or, or something in, in that time, it was wonderful. And, and it was hard, I guess, during all that time during the pandemic that I didn't realize. So when I got diagnosed with, with breast cancer, and mm-hmm. I started researching everything about cancer, I still don't know what the cause, you know, the root cause, they always sit there and tell you there's maybe particularly one thing, or it's hereditary. But from what I understand, it's a lot of different things combined, you know, because like vegans, Get cancer, you know. Smokers don't get cancer. Smokers get cancer. Right. You know, you eat healthy. You cannot eat healthy. You know, there's people who could eat pure garbage all the time and they don't have cancer. Oh my there's gosh, there are
1: people who eat garbage and do cocaine their whole lives and don't die from anything.
0: ninety nine. <laughs> <But yeah, so, laughs> a lot. I was a serious drinker and smoker too. Mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and so was my uncles, you know, these guys drink and smoke, you know, it's an Asian thing. It's like, if you go to Asia, you just see Asian people drinking and smoking all day long right. and, you know, but they eat very well too. You know? Just <laughs> really, like, just quickly, just so people understand who might only
1: be listening and not haven't seen pictures on the Instagram or anything. You are Asian, you are, Asian. You are half Asian.
0: Yes, I am. So they half have context. Context. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I am definitely, brown in color you know yeah. so yeah you know so when people see you they're not going to sit there and say you're white and and when asian people when they see me they don't see me as asian because i'm brown you know uh-huh. they are see me as black and then black people see me because of my asian eyes they're not going to see me as like really black you okay. know and asian people would be like you're not too chinese you know like what is too chinese <laughs> you know like what does <laughs> I'm that so mean glad exactly. we established that you're Asian. <laughs> <laughs>
1: what does two Chinese mean? <laughs> like, yeah, what part of me? What, which yeah. blood cells? Which
0: cells? <laughs> I, and I don't even. And and it was just funny that she even said that because technically I'm Taiwanese, you know, because I was born in Taiwan and my mother is Taiwanese and mm-hmm. my family's Taiwanese. They just happen to speak Chinese, you know. So it's yes, Chinese and Taiwanese. It's a whole nother explanation of explaining of explaining things, right? You know. Right. So besides you know, the, the cultural color aspects of stuff of trauma and health. And that's why I felt it was very important that, that it became part of my mission is that trauma and health have a lot of things that go in together. Mm -hmm. And the reason why, you know, I'm so glad to do this podcast now is because if you would have talked to me a month ago or two months ago, Mm -hmm. I probably would have been a different person, you know, because of the awakening and everything had to change because why do I sound happy and you're looking at me now and I'm smiling and I'm not laid up here curled in my bed you know I'm gonna die you know it's like and, yeah. and Kato, he's like we're all gonna die He goes, dying. <laughs> so true. Like, <laughs> he's like you're dying I'm like yeah I know he's like so am I <laughs> you know so are you everybody's mm-hmm. dying and everything and 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 like awakening and understanding and I'm like I was like I'm going about this the wrong way Mm. You know, because it's like, it's so weird. Everything that you research and you study, it's like, it's very few success stories of surviving cancer. You okay. know, very few success stories of surviving cancer naturally. You know, um. there's, there's, the, there's lots of stories of people with chemo and radiation, but what they don't tell you is that chemo and radiation, a lot of people die from chemo and radiation. It's not actually the cancer that kills them, yeah. but the chemo and the radiation. Mm -hmm. You know, so I was like, I need to find out the science part of this, but I didn't realize the spiritual awakening, because remember, I'm trying to be Spock, you know, make it make sense, make it make sense. You know, if we do X, Y, and Z and things like that, that I did not think that there's a spiritual aspect or component with the trauma, whatever that's also associated with my healing. And then when I looked at all the successful people who were able to heal their cancer naturally, I said, I need to get out of these groups. All these cancer support groups, because what it was doing was it really was making me depressed. Um, You know, I sat here. I'm not a depressive kind of person. I rarely there's only one other time I got depressed. And that's when Pato broke up with me. And for like a whole month during Christmas. And I usually get depressed around Christmas time anyway. It's just a maybe some trauma thing. I just normally get depressed. And I was sitting there just drinking. Hey, you're a not the only one. I, think yeah, it's, I was like, I'm, I'm just a I'm sure for just, a lot of people. Pato broke up with me. I was like, I don't need no man. He gave me the Urantia book and he gave me the Urantia book, and and I found God. I found Jesus. I was <laughs> like, no, I, I, you know, Christ is my man. That's all the only man I need in my life. And I'm good to go with that. And I was totally, you know, so I got out of that. Mm-hmm. And then once I accepted, just let it go, you know, Mm -hmm. just let it go. He was such a good man and and he didn't want to be with me. He decided to, you know, that he was going to sacrifice his own happiness to make somebody else happy and whatever else. So I was like, fine. But then after what, when I was able to let that go, he ended up coming back to me. I didn't have to go chasing after him. I didn't have to go begging him or do whatever or something. It's like, he just naturally came, you know, Mm -hmm. back to me and stuff. And then Mm -hmm. I was sitting there, it's like, all right, there's something to this, prayer meditation thing mm-hmm. and so during this time I was depressed and then they, all the stuff that I'm learning and studying while I'm doing the detox I realized you know and my husband and I we talk about prayer meditation all the time as interfaith ministers but yeah. he's the expert me I need edibles I need music yeah. I need some incense <laughs> yeah. candles I need to be like in some kind of weird headspace or whatever and then I have to think about it And I have to get all the vibes right. And and it's not like I could just, you know, turn on instantly on or off, meditate and do whatever. And it was nothing I really looked forward to because I'd be sitting there twiddling my thumb. Do, 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 you know, my mind is racing. It's like, how do you successfully meditate? And -hmm. I could never do it. It only happened twice in my life successfully. And both times, one intentional guided meditation, another time by accident. And I tried my best to get back there and I couldn't get back there. It's Mm -hmm. such a state of euphoria that I'm like, you know, it took me into a deep state trance. And I was like, whatever that was, I loved it. I don't know how to get back there and I don't know how to explain it. But in the meantime, regular meditation, just during the day, while I'm detoxing, while I'm doing my treatments and putting my frame of mind, it changes everything. Yeah. It changed everything during that time. And I made my announcement And it was Scott and Ione, they said, you should, you know. What what announcement
1: did you make, Antoinette?
0: I made the announcement because my husband made the announcement. Oh, you mean
1: you made the announcement about having been diagnosed with cancer? Okay.
0: and Yeah. yeah, And then all these people started giving me their advice and opinions. Here's another thing, too, which was really hard because now you're listening to a thousand different opinions, just like a thousand different opinions on anybody's health, just like the C word. You know, the the pandemic word and the Mm -hmm. cancer. There's a lot of similarities. I'm telling you, it's crazy the amounts of similarities between pandemics and serious illnesses and disease and other stuff. Yeah. So I'm trying to maintain my own ground of finding out how to save my own life. Oh, (laughs) Oh my God. Get me, right? This is why I kind of went missing you know, and 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 people were wondering what's going on. I'm like, there's a lot going on, and every phone call and every message that I receive is affecting me how I'm deciding how I'm going to go about my protocol.
1: Now, this goes back to what we were talking about in just walking around, just the, one of the experiences of walking around in daily life, and uh, and experiencing like the trauma of men constantly telling you what to do, like devaluing you, uh, coming after you, predatory behavior, right? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I'll say here again, not all men. It's just a common experience that, that we as women go through. It's something you and I, Antoine, have talked about quite a bit. And, and okay, so now you're talking about how this is amplified, like amplified. not just from men, but just fr- like the energy around you.
0: Mm-hmm. In those
1: groups that you were like, this is all negative. I don't, I can't do this, sad and negative, or all the pains of people. It's amplified when you're trying to save your own life.
0: And medically, because my hormones are all getting out of balance. And this is something I never knew either. You know, I was yeah. like, it's it's when I talked at the women's international month before, I talked about my traumatic childhood. I had a tiger <laughs> mom. If anybody ever follows the, the guy on Facebook, Life of an Asian guy. I love him. You know, he's married to a black woman, a lot of things he relates to, he understands like black culture and experience, you know, from an Asian perspective. But wow. he I saw a thing where they talk about the tiger mom. I'm like, Oh, my God, that is my mother. You mm. know, the tiger mom, the Joy Luck Club. If anybody's ever seen that movie, I love
1: that movie. Yeah, that's
0: my mom, you know, the one where you like, you want to go over there and choke her and, and she's the lady. <laughs> she's like, you'll take you those so smart. You don't have to play test no more. You think you're so smart. And she just looking at her and, and I just like, yes. you know, and and that's yeah. how my mom was with me. And and it was just so weird because one, she never talked to me about my period. I had mm-hmm. to learn the hard way wearing okay. beige pants at school. You know, it's wow. like, when are you ever going to tell me? You know, I'm sitting there freaking out, you know, like, am I dying at 12 years old because I've got, you know, a red stain on my pants? Right you know it's like right. she's not talking to me about any of these things you know she's just like not existent uh-huh. and um it, and it's just very difficult cuz she should have you know I should have known these things from my mother and because I probably don't have any kind of real relationships with any women about understanding hormonal balance in nature right. so I started researching
1: so here's yeah. my hormones
0: out of whack and that's why I found out about estrogen progesterone protestor- testosterone, about how men can also have estrogen positive cancer, how these things can affect. I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know. I, either. I just
1: recently, Antoinette, I just recently, because I'm 39, so I'm going through like some sort of like, you know, pretty big change as far as physicality. Uh-huh. And I just for the first, oh, Watch out. Sorry, I have a cat. <laughs> Sorry, mm-hmm. listeners, if you hear any like weird <laughs> sounds or like fuzzy sounds, it's because I have a little tiny orange cat that likes to be on the keyboard in my lap in front of the mic. <laughs> but yeah, for the first time, I just read about the actual science and the what is ha- what is actually happening in our cycle during menstruation. And like the miracle of, of, of what it is. And, you know, you to me, like I look at everything, I look at everything with spirit, you know, everything has a spirit. Everything is, every function is attached to something that is related to how the universe works and that has spirit in it. Right. So like, I'm reading about like the progesterone and, and the, and, you know, the little phases and like the actual things that happen to your eggs and the, the sort of like, the sort of like. There's like literally a race that happens within your ovaries and the best egg wins. And that's the egg that comes down and, and eventually attaches to your uterus and all this stuff. And I was like, I was like my understanding of my own body, my own fertility, and also why I have like different waves of moods and my hormones just by reading this one book you know, I don't know the name of the book. I will post it in the show notes um, because I don't have it in front of me, but it's like, just this. it was a patron. I, I read it so fast and it's like, you know, a 600 page book. And I was like, this is, how was I not taught this? My mother wasn't taught this. My mother's mother wasn't taught this. And then also- they didn't they also didn't have the chance to then translate it for themselves into you know a sense outside of science you know some sort of some sort of understanding of of the greater truth of it in in you know in a spiritual way or or in a you know a way that they can embody it outside of the the scientific words and so no wonder that when we get these diseases or these conditions or whatever is happening to our body there are groups of people because we don't even know how our bodies work. We're not even taught basic things. There are large groups of people who are in fear and clamoring to listen to the dominant thought of what this thing is, what the outcomes are, how to feel about it, how to interact with it. And you're, and that's, like you said, it's such a, a great comparison is that this is what we see with big diseases. And it's also what we see in, in this pandemic. It's, mm-hmm. it's just this clamoring for like the dominant thought answer, the easy answer there and is it,
0: one. There I is believe one.
1: It's, I believe it's all about like this this fear because fear and ignorance we just don't know, you know we, we just don't know what's going on within us. We don't I'll we're not willing to see bigger truths.
0: Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. as I was mm-hmm. looking, they said there was literally thousands of cancer protocols. And, you know, and when, like I said, when people started messaging me and and they put a lot of uh, stuff onto my husband's stuff, they're like, okay, I'm going to recommend you to these doctors or, you know, you know, I've got a friend who's, you know, who's a doctor or an oncologist, you know, you can get an opinion and get an opinion and talk to these doctors, you know, I'm going to hook you up and everything. I said, okay, that's great. I have my, you know, I have my regular insurance. It's not the greatest insurance. Mm -hmm. It is a, it is what you call. Medicare, not Medicare, mm-hmm. medi but okay. uh, it's, it's a universal healthcare program for, you know, when, when, they came out with it years ago with Obama, I signed up for it. Cause I was like, I always believe that universal healthcare should be for everybody. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know, we should, it, you know, because you see it in other countries, it's not, even, it's like, it's yeah. not even an issue. I don't understand why oh, people are. Hold on. It.
1: Hold on. I just lost my, my cat, dude. Bisu.
0: this cat keeps turning off my sound. so you have to go. <laughs>
1: you have to go. You were saying that everybody should have Medicare
0: and also. They should just be able to have health care. I, you know, I realize that I think people should just have medical freedom. Yeah. And um, they should be able to choose how they want to take care of themselves. And, and I noticed because of my, my health care, you know, I can't get as many. I can't, like, I should have been able to find out about this tumor earlier on, but based Mm -hmm. on my finances, I won't get the the kind of treatment that, you know, like when I found the lump, some people based on their insurance, they could probably go and get a mammogram right away, you Mm -hmm. know, because based on my insurance, I wasn't able to get one for months. You know, that's how it is. You know, if you're on the bottom of the pile, that's how it is. So it took months to get. And then when they got the biopsy, I had an issue with trying to deal with them about the biopsy and the titanium markers and everything. Yeah. And they didn't tell me. And I thought that was kind of odd, you know, cause I don't know what a buy. Bi- I don't know anything about medicine. You uh. know, I'm going to be honest. I know nothing about medicine and I know nothing about health. I just know what I know and what little bit that my mother taught me, uh. which was not much, because if she couldn't tell me a basic thing about your period, I, you know, there's probably a lot yeah. of other things she left out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't really know. And I didn't know what a biopsy was and I didn't know anything about titanium markers. That was the first thing, time I ever heard about it. And when they told me they were going to do that, I said, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that, you know, because anything that I know about whatever to find out if I have cancer, why would they put some of it? This doesn't sound right. And I don't think you, we should do it, you know, because and the titanium
1: God, markers go into your, they actually are injected into your body.
0: They inject uh, they can inject anywhere between one to several of them. Wow. 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever. They said they were going to put five. And I said, why would you put five pieces of metal in my breast? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you know me, it took me, I was 30 something years old by the time I pierced my ears. It's like, I just won't do anything to my body yeah, that is yeah. making faces. You know, <laughs> that's just me. But it's like, I should be allowed to be do that. And I'm like, well, why? I don't understand. How did people find out they had cancer before they had titanium markers? This is just mm-hmm. not making any sense. You know, if you're doing the, the ultrasounds or whatever, if you're able to see it, like I can look on a screen and see there's a lump there. They're like, in case you go somewhere and they want to, they know where the lump is, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, they takes let them know these are the markers and, you know, for they know where the lump is, if they need to find it and other stuff. I'm like, but we don't know if we have cancer yet. So why would I put that in there? Yeah. You know? Then the guy starts arguing with me, you know, the doctor, the the, the guy He's sitting there. He's like, I don't feel comfortable, you know, doing the procedure on you because you're refusing it. I'm like, wait a second. You can't do that. Yeah. You cannot do that. You cannot refuse to check to see whether or not my t- my cancer is too, tum- my tumor is cancerous or not because I refuse for you to put markers in my breast. Yeah. You know, and I was getting really upset, you know, it was like- it's very
1: bizarre. I mean, like y- in you telling this story, I've, I've had a similar experience that's a little too personal to tell, you know, with a gynecologist. And I just like the bizarre logic, there's just like no, I'm sure from their end, there's like some sort of logic that makes sense to mm-hmm. them. It but ultimately like, it also makes complete sense that so many of us don't want to put something foreign into our bodies if it's not completely, absolutely the necessary. only necessary, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, I think that's one of the scary things of our time is that like how easily we're just like yeah just do this thing there's no other option yeah just, yeah, just do this thing just put this in my body just put this in our food but Let, let's make this poison legal you know one of the things my friend was telling me who actually is a doctor she was like the rate of c sections is quite alarming and like there's now all this researching she's saying that studies about like how like this country like the rate of how far up our c sections are going is Is actually it's not necessary and it's just starting to become a standard practice rather than like you know switching the perspective of of how those having babies in hospitals work and it it, it's just like at some point we kind of i think as a population like what you're doing like get really down into the research especially if we have the privilege to do so because i know there's a lot of people out there who maybe are, are so in fear of uh, like what's happening to their body, or maybe, maybe don't have the resources to take a step back. Cause you know, some people might have a stage four cancer. That's like, okay, like something has to be done like tomorrow. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, so if we have the privilege, the time and, and we have the support, then I think it's like almost like a duty that we have to find all the information, all the answers we possibly can to save our own lives. And also to to be informed when we walk into, when we walk into a community, a place, someone who's supposed to help, help us that for some reason has an idea that's against what we believe would be good for our bodies. We have to be able to, it's almost like a war, you know, that's how it felt for me, especially in the vulnerable place. I appreciate you, you sharing this in, in, in this way, because I think it'll inspire people who do have the privilege to be able to be more advocating for themselves or reach out to other people can advocate for themselves rather than just going with what's dominant.
0: <laughs> you know, what I want to say was that what happened with that story is I end up the, the guy actually, he got very upset and everything. But when I begged him, I said, please, you can't do this to me. You know, it, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's immoral. It's not right. You know, I just need to find out whether I have cancer or not, you know, and you can't deny me. And and it took me months, so you can imagine how frustrated I was. I found tumor back in July. It is now the end of October, and nobody can just tell me if I have cancer or not. That's all I wanted to know. You know, that's all I wanted to know, and I couldn't get anything. And I'm like, there's got to be a better way. So he finally did decided to do it. He didn't put the markers in there, and Mm -hmm. then when he did the biopsy, you know, threw down his equipment, and then he left. Mm -hmm. Didn't even say goodbye. Or, you know, what you wow. should do or whatever and stuff like that. Because he was obviously upset. So a week later, more issues again, you know, because of my insurance mm-hmm. and uh, however bad the healthcare system is, I'm trying to find out my results. But in the meantime, I went and Googled titanium markers. Yeah. And when I Googled the titanium markers uh, and I couldn't find much information other than what they did there was a website called DCIS or something, you know, it's like Mm -hmm. gross or or masses, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I was researching, they said, most times when people get a mammogram and they find a tumor, they're like, most of them are not cancer. You Mm -hmm. know, just uh, you have a growth or or something else like that. It's actually not cancer. And so it's not really a big deal. You just have to go and kind of fix some other issues. And then as I was reading in the groups, they said there was a time when stage one would not be diagnosed as cancer, it would be diagnosed diagnosed as pre-cancer. Uh-huh. You know, because it's so small. Mm-hmm. You know, it is not like where it's spreading so fast, you know, in 10 days it's gonna take over my whole body and then yes. I need be whatever or something. Yeah. Yeah. So the 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 advice was uh to so I'm like, well, I don't understand because if I if it's not cancerous. So they told me it was cancerous, but I found out that you don't necessarily have to have titanium markers. You know, if they find out that you don't have cancer, those markers are still in there. What happens with those markers? So this is where I found this woman who wrote this thing about her titanium markers experience. Yes. Horror horror stories. Not everybody. Not everybody. This In in my daughters of the divine mother group, Mm -hmm. and, and they were trying to defend it. I said, I'm glad that you had the markers and it worked for you. I didn't say that they don't work. It's just that there's some horror stories from women. It didn't work. And yeah, that they they moved around, that they had to get surgery again. That their press got ruined, that it created all kinds of stuff. And the worst kicker is they had to pay out of pocket for the damage done by those markers. And their insurance would cover it.
1: Let's go back to what you said before, Mm -hmm. which was And this is what we've been talking about the whole time is that there was a message that you got inside you. A whisper, a thought, whatever, that let you know in that moment that this is not what you want to do, This is not what
0: I want to do. Yeah, everything is just leading me straight up to here. And like I said, so here comes the next part, right? I get over there and they do give me my diagnosis, but it took them a while because of the health system. I got this app. It's called the MyChart app. Yeah, and I have Yeah. Yeah, so I was looking in the app and in the app I see there's some notes in there, you know, all my surgeries. Or, I I don't have any surgeries, but just all my lab tests and, yeah. you know, yeah. and things like that. I see there's a note written about me about my bad attitude. I'm like <laughs> seriously? Yeah. I'm like why would they put this on my medical record about my attitude and I don't even have my diagnosis yet. And <laughs> the reasons why I don't even have my diagnosis, yeah. Ooh, my heart. I'm telling you, this was this was really trying for me to have to read this. I had to complain because I said, this is wrong. I said, you guys know how vulnerable I am. Yeah. I told her I'm trying to find out if I had cancer. And, and, and when the first time I came back, after I had the biopsy, I was waiting, right? I was yeah. waiting for the results. Yes. This is the results. How long does a biopsy take to get the results? If you got good insurance, And you're paying some good money or whatever. You Mm -hmm. can get results probably within an hour, within a day, within two days, within three days, within five days, within a week, whatever. Yeah. My appointment is set for two weeks. With my doctor, Mm -hmm. I'm waiting on results for two weeks. I get there. They don't have my results. And I'm sitting there, so I'm on the phone. So these notes that they made about me is about I'm trying to find my results because they didn't do what they were supposed to do. Yeah. The last time I was there, I was like, okay, when I come back in two weeks, you're going to give me the results of the biopsy. Mm -hmm. This is the last thing that me and the doctor spoke about. So if the doctor knew that they're going to meet with me in two weeks to give me the results, why would you meet with me and you don't have results? Mm -hmm. And two weeks, I'm on pins and needles. Do I have cancer or not? Yeah. So I'm on the phone trying to call the thing like, why don't they have the results? You know, the nurses tell me, Oh, we don't have the results. Where did you get them? And all this, you know, and I'm sitting there yeah. doing their work for them. So I'm tracking down, tracking down, trying to find out where my results are. And then what happens? Nobody can find them. So I'm so frustrated. I'm mm-hmm. so frustrated. And I've been there for almost an hour and nobody can find my results and I'm on the phone. And so I'm like, you know, something I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. I left. And then my husband took me, I said, I want a purple rain. And some tacos. <laughs> I, got a I was like, double. That's uh, self-care. <laughs> yeah, I was like, <laughs> elderflower, gray goose, you know, it's like, yeah. just, just give me this stuff. So I, I was like, let me just go and get a drink and get some tacos until they figure out whatever. And I still don't know, you know, at a loss, mm-hmm. you know, and then she calls me back, you know, and then they have the results. And then she's like, all right, I'll come back. I came back, she goes, you have cancer. And here's an appointment for you to meet with this person and that person. And that's it. It's just very upsetting that that they, would, that they would write that about me. Yeah, yeah. And left it there. And I asked them if they could remove that. I said, this is the same thing that happened to my father. Yeah. They wrote letters to the Pentagon. Mm-hmm. They 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 did that in order. My father died of cancer when I was 12 years old. He wow. told them that he had cancer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and they dismissed him saying that it was just a common cold. It was nothing, whatever. He was super yeah. healthy. He was 36 years old. He was he quit drinking, quit smoking. Healthiest horse. Went TDY, you know,
1: yeah.
0: Iwo Jima. <laughs> wow. For a couple months, whatever comes back. He's like, I got a tumor, you know in my leg and I believe it's, you know, cancer and whatever else. They kept telling me it was cold. Three of the people who came back from me with GEMA, I guess they were doing, you know, these kind of TDY for years in the military. So. Uh-huh. Three of them came, three of them. One of them sat there and said, I'm getting out of the military. I'm not waiting with these doctors because they're kind of playing around and, and, you know, yeah. I'm not going to be the, the obedient, whatever. I'm just going to get out early instead of yeah. waiting my time. My father waited until a year later, cancer has spread throughout the blood. And then the doctors decided to send him to the state for cancer a hospital treatment in Texas. Mm-hmm. So by then I'm just watching my father slowly die from chemotherapy and radiation for two months while living in a trailer park. Wow. While while getting this news and then everything else, I was like, when I found that letter written to the Pentagon, I realized why they did this because. They didn't want my mother to receive active duty pay because he served 17 years in the service. Remember, he served from Vietnam. You know, that's where he met my mother in Taiwan. And he served in the Navy before he became an officer in the United States. He was totally, you know, pro-Black, telling the guys, we got to become officers. We got to level up. We got to do all these things. It paid for his education. He went and got his master's degree. Education is important, all this stuff. And when I found those letters, they're, they're, they've been lost in a fire, but I mm-hmm. can never f- stop reading it because yeah. the, the Captain Hall was being very belligerent. You know, wow. I'm like, when they wrote this, I'm like, it's literally the last week of his life. Wow. The last week of his life, he was on his deathbed. And they, I'm like, if somebody was having a bad attitude, why would you write the Pentagon? You know, I mean, how many millions of people are in the military? Who was he? I... Do you write the Pentagon in Washington, D.C.? This came from this, So they wrote it to the Pentagon. And then I realized after he did die and we were on our own and I'm working my uncle's Chinese restaurant, you know, to, to live. Yeah. That, you know, because why I had to have a job was because my mom's benefits was just they, they retired him on his deathbed so he wouldn't receive active duty pay. This is a difference of two hundred dollars a month versus 17 years.
1: Which is everything. everything. This is yeah. everything to some people.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So that kind of like hit me too, because I'm like, they're treating me the same way they treated my father. And I didn't, I didn't, I was having a bad attitude because I'm on the phone trying to find out my results that you guys couldn't even get for me.
1: You know, it, And you I know, mean, to make matters
0: worse, the results actually came in a few days. It was there the whole time. I was worrying and not knowing what to do all this time, when they actually yeah. had the results the whole time. Wow! So I just had to go and do the stuff. So I'm like, I just,
1: I so so. I mean, what I hear you speaking to is this this sort of this personal trauma, this experience of of watching your father go through something very similar. I mean, it's it's kind of like a mirrored story especially with the, oh, especially with like the system demonizing mm-hmm. him, right? So you have the system demonizing you
0: and like black man people- in the military, who's an officer. He was right. already bad news before he even got sick. Yeah. They didn't like him because they, they already thought he was belligerent before because they didn't like the fact that he had my mother making, you know, those Tams in the seventies, everybody used to wear, you know, the knitted ones, red, gold, like and green. Yeah, the Pan Africanism. Oh, you know, yeah. Green. Everybody had these berets and and yeah. knitted hats for the afros and everything. Yeah. So he's already against the system. He's he already, already. Of, he, Yeah. He, he he was against the system. He also he had my mom knitting these things for all the other black servicemen in the military. He told all the other black servicemen in the military that they need to become officers. They can't stay at the enlisted men level because we weren't getting any respect and the treatment and what we needed. You know, he also had access. This is what I lost in the fire when I found the letters. There was also he had my mom got rid of all the things after he died. I mean, yeah. everything he had tapes, you know, those reel-to-reels, you know, from the 70s. He the military had reel-to-reel films of the Ku Klux Klan. Wow. You know? Yeah. So they were there's There was a lot of what do you call surveillance of uh-huh. the Ku Klux Klan in the 70s. All across the country and he had all this stuff this was government stuff mm-hmm. and I'm like why do they have you know why does the air force have this stuff about the Ku Klux Klan in North Carolina and in all this other things like that he had these tapes you know and I was like wow this is some heavy stuff so as he was in, encouraging and my mother always sat there and said he was always arguing with his superiors she said uh-huh. she said Antoinette, she's like Jesse he always argued <laughs> awesome. mm-hmm. superior, always at a party, you know, because back yes. in those days, it's all white glove affair, you know, big is yeah. the big seventies hair, you know, all the generals, colonels. I mean, you don't see that many black people as officers. So he's in there and he's still challenging them and authority. He was challenging them them from his deathbed. And I was like, wow, you know, and that's why, you know, all this time, I always kept thinking if I ever got cancer. I would never, ever go out the way he did.
1: Wow.
0: And it was very hard. And I, I mean, was like, there's, there's this theme in everything
1: that you've been talking about. And that is that you find yourself in situations where you're challenging the system and the system having tantrums and trying to punish you for challenging the system. Mm-hmm. The, the, the man yelling at you at the concert and taking away all the, the cord, courting and everything, being in these groups and realizing like this is not for you and having, I mean, there was no punishment there, obviously, but mm-hmm. you know having to leave these groups because the system, a very popular system of of, you know, this is the way it is and and you know this is how the the appropriate way to to react, the the medical system. Oh! my cat, the medical system challenging, you know, treating you in that specific way and then writing the notes in your paper. And now like historically, you know, it's in your blood. Like you
0: come from somebody
1: who challenges the system.
0: Black people are treated the worst in the healthcare system. You know, that's Mm -hmm. just, we already know this. They already said 40% of black women die from cancer. We die the most, Mm. why? You know, yeah. it's like, what is it, you know, this made me kind of curious too. What is it that, what, what is it that they know that we don't know about health, you know, and, and why are some people surviving and why are some other people not surviving? Mm-hmm. And that's what made me do some more research is like, I got to, you know, some of it's economics, some of it is this, some of it is yeah. that there's a lot of different factors that come into play, but yeah. Well,
1: and that speaks to the fact that some of it's economical really does also speak to the fact that it's like the stress, the access to, to food. food, right? The the amount of energy and and input and output that people have to the access to clean, clean water and the importance of water in our having clean water in our system. Like
0: this is one thing that I think we're is part of the awakening. Basically what I've learned on this journey and, and through the calls, somebody had recommended that I go and get a consultation at this, the Hague center, you know, over yeah. here in California. And I went over there. This is one of the bougiest cancer center places. Cause they have ballet parking and mm. I never seen anything like that. <laughs> you know, I'm like, Whoa, this is like some bougie big time weird stuff, you know? <laughs> so I'm going to my doctor their doctor, and then their friend suggested doctor. And, and here's this traditional. So if you have cancer, this is the traditional treatment that they tell you. Yes. Surgery, chemo, radiation, you know, in that order or in any other kind of order, or chemo, you know, radiation or surgery or or something. But it's those three things. They don't tell you you can take care of cancer any other way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. There's none. And so when I started hearing about the surgery. I was like, okay, we'll just go ahead and cut it out and then do whatever. But then the more I started reading in these groups and I started moving around, I learned that a lot of times, not a lot of times, I don't even know if it's a lot of times, a little bit of times, but I just know that there are times when people cut into a tumor, it opens it up and the cancer cells or microscopic cancer cells are able to jump to some other parts of the body. So even though they may have gotten the tumor and they were found no evidence of disease, or they're cancer-free. A year later, or months later, the cancer comes back with a vengeance in a different part of the body, and it takes them out within the next few months. Yes. And so, somebody could start off with breast cancer. Their tumor could be small, like mine. You know, like five, like a point five. Mine is like a centimeter. It's like the size of a dime or a penny. Wow. You know, so if I if I had a tumor that was really like one or three centimeters, like a pea, why would I risk you know, cutting that out and uh, uh, giving myself ovarian cancer later, mm-hmm. you know, not saying that it would happen, but just the possibility. So yeah. then it made me think again, if this was actually pre-cancerous, if I really can treat this without it actually spreading somewhere else, then maybe I should do that. But since I've had the biopsy, it may have spread somewhere else. I really need to kind of treat the whole body of the cancer. Yeah. Because if not, then it's going to always keep coming back. And then the yeah. more I kept trying to think about saving myself what happened with the awakening and the detox and the meditating and the praying was, stop trying to save yourself. You know, The message I got was, I'm going to live as healthy as I possibly can for the rest of my life. So I'm not mad at cancer. I'm not mad at the disease. I'm not mad at society. I'm not mad at people. I'm not mad at drama. This was the other thing about trauma. Is that once you accept things and you let them go and and not thinking about the blame, you know, still there's stuff I want to do social justice wise. It's just that I'm just going to do things on my own term. You know, there's one other important quote from the Granchard book that says, what matters if all earthly things crash? Who cares? If I try this way and it doesn't work and you don't see me, you know, by the end of this year or in a couple of years or something, at least I live the way that I wanted to live on my terms you know, not dying somewhere in a hospital room hooked up to a machine because all my organs are failing. Yeah. Because of everything else. I'm going to try to make my body as healthy as possible. If I happen to live longer, that'll be awesome. If I don't, that'll be awesome too, because I know where I'm going. (laughs) You know, it's like, you think I'm going to care what people think of me and how I treated myself or whatever, because there were people who were not, you know, like, Who said some weird kind of negative things, you know, like you're just going to eat and not treat the cancer. I was like, I didn't say I wasn't going to treat it. I just said I'm changing my diet, but I'm looking at other alternative ways. I'm looking at different things that people are doing, you know, and there's all sorts of natural things that people are doing. The protocols are named after different people. Jim, Bob, James, Veronica, whatever <laughs> protocol, whatever they did, whether it was doing baking soda or honey or hydrogen or PEMF or yeah. that, whatever they did, it worked for them. I'm not going to criticize how if they drink their own pee, whatever they oh did to make themselves <laughs> healthy. I don't care. <laughs> I personally, like I said, you know, it's it's my life. I should be able to choose how I want to live or die. And I choose mm-hmm. to live. And mm-hmm. I don't think that it's it's right to put that kind of burden on other people. Like you will not live unless you do this. This yeah. works, you know? Or, or, oh, you, are, or you are
1: less than, or you are, are unreasonable or that, or that you're an idiot because you're not choosing this way over here that we all agree works.
0: So this is what I found out. So the, at the conclusion of this thing, I was like, what was working for other people was ancient Chinese medicine, oriental medicine, African roots, culture. You know, that doctor Sevy was not crazy. Everybody said he was crazy and he was a quack, but it's kind of weird that I'm watching these YouTube videos and I'm looking at naturopathic and they call it palliative care alternative. Mm-hmm. These are accredited doctors, peer reviews, all the things on PubMed, got all kinds of distinguished awards, yeah. you know, journals. In fact, their products, their vitamins and their essential oils are being shown on Walmart, in Target, at yeah. the pharmacy, these Canadians, these American American doctors, European doctors. And when I'm looking, I'm watching these videos and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is what these women have been saying for thousands of years. Yeah. This is what African culture has been doing for thousands of years. This is what Asian people have been doing anyway. You guys are just now marketing it and packaging it yeah. and calling it these other things, but it's actually the same ingredients. I started looking at the ingredients and I'm like, well, why is this person respected? And that person is having their medical license being taken away. Yeah. This person is now out of business. And now this person has become a billionaire, you know, for yeah. promoting positive health. And then I realized it is spiritually, again, it's not what you say. It's how you say it. Mm-hmm. So They are able to sit there and work within your, we're in the Babylon system. So the system is going to fight you against growing your own food about yeah. natural health against organic or fighting against Monsanto. Some people don't think that has nothing to do with it. Well, mm-hmm. I think there is something seriously because of part of my treatment was to sit there and stay away from G- um, GMO, genetically modified foods.
1: Right. The glyce- Monsanto. Yeah, I've mm-hmm. always
0: heard this. We've always heard this. We didn't think there was something serious about it. But now I'm understanding. Yes, there is something serious. And, and it does make sense if you when I read the ingredients on in something, if it's less than six, you know, if you can't pronounce it, don't eat it. If, if it's stuff that you can't, if it's hair product that you can't put it in your mouth and eat it, don't do it, you know, these things, like, like all those things compiled years and years and years, plus stress, plus bad eating, plus everything else will eventually lead to some type of disease. My yes. tumor did not happen over the summer last year. This tumor has been growing for probably 20 years, yeah, five or 10 years. It's just a series of years of the things where it's eventually going to catch up to you. So what, in the meantime, people can kind of get healthy now. It is simple. It's like, oh, my healing. I said, Pato, my healing is not painful. Mm -hmm. This cannot be right. These people are not curing themselves of cancer without pain. Mm -hmm. What are they doing? And what do I need to do? Yeah. And if they say I need to change my attitude, I'm changing my attitude. If they say I need to take deep breaths, I'm going to take deep breaths. If they take right. me I need to ground, if they tell me I need to eat better foods, grass-fed, you know, organic, you know, even if it's if you're a vegan and people are against eating meat, but some people, like, I did realize I needed some meat to eat my protein because I lost mm-hmm. so much weight. But it's mm-hmm. like, maybe the meat that you eat, you know, it was how was it raised? How was it killed? You know, well, those things affect how it goes back into your body.
1: Yeah. And the journey is going to be different for everyone. And it's going to be
0: different for everybody. And that's, I think at the
1: very bottom of it, that's, that's what's so important is that, is that sure if you, I mean, I've, I've seen the, the arguments between vegans and non-vegans and and people and not alkaline diets and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm like really at the very, core of all of this is that we want to be able to make our own choices for for our own bodies and it does not make logical sense it does not make any sense to me to be it part of any dominant thought that says it only can be this way this is the way it is and if you're not in in this way then you're you're wrong like that's it's not that's, fair it's because not, fair. It's, it's it not doesn't, fair it doesn't make logical sense And it's something that gets over time will really hurt us because it's really just division.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is, it is. And the thing is, it's not fair because I want to live, you know, (laughs) I want to live. And there's like a lot of my friends, uh, you know, a lot of other people, you know, who are nurses or other other things like that in the medical field Mm -hmm. or do other things, they've seen things, you know, so it's like it's really hard for people in the medical industry because they've seen a lot of different things. And there's doctors who have seen things naturally who are being vilified, yeah. you know, but they weren't wrong. They weren't yeah. wrong. And then when, because now that it's become political and people are stepping in, it's like they're, the way that I look at it is like, I'm being deprived of information that could potentially save my life because other people didn't like the way that they were treating. They, these, they didn't cause any harm. They just didn't like that. It wasn't the conventional way. Yes. You know? What they did was they saved lives. They saved thousands of lives. And I've seen people and I found these people on Clubhouse and I'm watching this stuff. So I'm sitting there like, wow, there's another doctor that bit the dust. It bit the dust. Right. And I'm watching these things on, on the YouTube and I'm like, well, wait a second. Why is this doctor? He's saying the same thing, but they're all praising him.
1: Mm -hmm. And and it doesn't make sense. And it doesn't, I've noticed something about the way we interact with our system, whether it be the government or, or doctors. And, and look, I have friends who are doctors. I I don't actually have anything. I don't have anything against Western doctors. There are things in Western medicine that have helped me in my life. My, my issues are our, our attitudes around, around, or accepting some sort of Absolutism um, and this cultish behavior that is forming around Western science and and medicine as if it's very cultish. I mean, I've I've been there before. I've been to, to I've been in cult before. Like I I, I totally see it and. I find I see some of these arguments, uh, like when it comes to Dr. Sebi or, you know, some of the some of the other natural healers that they call miracle heal, you know, they'll say miracle heroes, but it's not really miracles that they're performing. They're just using old indigenous ways and understand the body outside of of numbers. They understand the body. They also understand spirit and flow and, and minerals and things that a lot of things that that our modern sciences maybe aren't totally caught up on or or have not put you know, focus on yet. And I see these arguments that are like, well, you know, doctors, Dr. Sebi, you know, I don't know that much about Dr. Sebi, but I have, I have read some things, but I've seen things that are like, oh, these natural healers, like they're killing people. They can't, you know, they're, they're not the savior. And it's like, I don't think they're trying to be the savior. And why is it not okay that Dr. Sebi or, or somebody like that Can't save everybody. A doc, Western medicine, and Western doctors can't save everybody either. There's, there's no, there's. It's like people are looking for like some sort of. It's almost like, oh, Bisu, dude. It's almost like how people approach some religions. It's like I need a one answer, and this is the way it's going to be, and no deviation. I don't have to think for myself, and I, and I, you know, I can turn off what's going on inside of my own messages that are coming to me, and I need this to be the leading answer. It has to be right.
0: Yeah. This, and- is, this is why it's important about prayer and meditation. And the reason why I, when I found these spiritual, naturopathic, holistic, alternative doctors, that it was important because they're connecting with spirit first. Mm-hmm. You know, the intention is already grounded. The problem with Dr. Sebi and a lot of these other people and the problem with people today taking wrong advice and other stuff mm-hmm. is that they're not taking and they're blaming the doctors or they're blaming the stuff. These naturopathic people who are saying, you know, like if you're using oils or herbs or whatever, it's Mm -hmm. still medicine, you can't Mm -hmm. just take any kind of medicine the way you want to, you know, like I take cannabis, you can't take cannabis any way that you want to, you Mm -hmm. have to know the difference between THC, CBD, Mm -hmm. the percentage of the cannabinoids, you know, the same thing with vitamin D or K3 or all the other stuff or frankincense, there's stuff that you ingest, some people miss one little aspect, and it can change everything. Mm -hmm. And if it changes everything and they don't get well and they get sick and die, they blame the doctor, you know, or if they're miserable, they blame the doctor, you know, Mm -hmm. or if they're doing whatever is not working, they blame the doctor or they don't realize that any disease, whatever you're throwing at it, it might become resistant like roaches and you may have to do something else because it's not taking it anymore. That's the reason why chemo yeah. doesn't work anymore. This doesn't work anymore. And anytime that you're doing anything, you have to think about will it affect another organ? You you have to talk with like professionals still. Yes. You know, I just wish that the East meets West would actually come together. Word. Because when they that. And they take the advice, you know, of the people who take the warmers or whatever and things like that. They mm-hmm. took the, the, they had issues. And the reason why they had issues is they didn't understand. If you take that stuff, you're supposed to take it with something else because it could damage your liver. Doctors who prescribe it, they prescribe it in other countries because it takes care of malaria or cancer Mm -hmm. or other things like that. But they prescribe it with other things because they know that it works with the organs. People read stuff. Oh, you take this and it just does whatever. No, it doesn't. (laughs) That's why they die. And then people are saying this is a bunch of quackery. And it's like Dr. Seve, it's like, but you didn't probably follow what Dr. Seve was trying to tell you everything you were supposed to do. I mean,
1: I remember my friend got really super sick. This was uh, many years ago, but she, I cannot remember what essential oil it was. So, and I'm just saying this, to to say that this is across the board this is not mm-hmm. just about this is across the board as far as like how we interact with what we're putting in our bodies and what we interact with i can't remember which essential oil it was but it it's essential oil that like one of our friends was using for something i don't remember she was using it topically and it was helping i think it was like a rash It was helping clean up a rash or something like that mm-hmm. and our other friend also had like a very similar thing like some sort of rosacea or eczema or something like that and mm-hmm. she got really really wow. sick and had to go to the hospital hospital Mm -hmm. and found out that it was because she was ingesting this oil. Mm -hmm. She was like, I heard from my friend, she did this. And the -hmm. the original friend was like, no, that's not what I said. I said, I use this much milliliter drops and I mix it with this and I put it on this many times a day. And then I measure this, that, and the other, because I learned from somebody who knew how to use these, these earth medicines Mm -hmm. or or whatever. And, you know, and so that, that is something that's across the board. Yes, that's across the board. That's not specifically for, for quote unquote, alternative medicines. That is true for, that is true for how we engage. And, you know, part of, I think some of the culture that influences our, our misunderstanding of doing something that's against dominant thought or having an experience that people are, are maybe scared of or don't understand is, is that we live in a culture that once, not only do we want someone else to have an answer right but also instant gratification and instant access and a lot of stimulation wow. so so this is this is like there are certain i see this in spirituality a lot of people being like i need this help or i need something to be answered or or support or whatever and so they just grab like you know some spirit or they they grab some sort of thing that's supposed to help them and expect expect that they have permission and then mm-hmm. it's okay for them to do that and do it with reckless abandon and get more upset and cause more tension and stress when it's not working the way they want to or makes things Mm -hmm. worse and then demonize it. And then whole communities might form around demonizing something that they never understood to begin with,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: right? That's across the board everywhere.
0: (laughs) It is across. And actually, you know, and because you brought that up, I actually just saw it on Netflix the other day. It's a series called Unwell. Uh-huh. And they did one episode, especially on essential oils. Right. In, and, and, and they covered that. So a girl, she sat there, she used it wrong, created a whole rash, ended up in the hospital Did so, 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 yes. so, so bad. And I'm sitting there and while I'm watching this again, here's people who take something, they don't do the research and they go do something and they jack themselves up on it and then they blame somebody else. They don't even take any responsibility for their own failure. Mm -hmm. When when I started doing my research with everything before I actually do decide I'm going to try an oil or the PMF Mm -hmm. or whatever, I went and did all the research. That's how I found out about the grass, because, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't just believe somebody said it. I went and read about it for weeks. Yeah. You know, it's like oh, and and also I was like, I read about it for weeks and I watched videos and I was like, I wanted to know as much as I possibly could not like I would just try it. So that's why I said, I don't want to try something and I zap myself or I hurt myself or do something that could potentially injure myself. You know, I don't want to be an idiot, you know, so.
1: There's also the measure, the degree, like I think there's some level of critical thinking and experiential thinking, experiential feeling, I think is more the way to put it, of the degree of what you're about to do and, and being able to measure sort of what the impact could have walking on the taking off your shoes and walking on the grass if it's not for you you know what's the danger factor like you might get stung by something or whatever you're not you're not going to end up in the hospital most likely you're not going to end up in the hospital for taking off your shoes and stepping on the grass which is which is a lower degree than of of you know danger or conflict than maybe shooting something into your, bo- like putting something into your body that mm-hmm. you don't, if you're not a scientist and you don't understand the chemical compounds, then you, it's time to do a lot of research before you put that in your body. Cause you could make yourself very sick. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something also that I see is, I feel like people are, I feel like I see people being really confused about that. It's like this, this idea that, that there's just this fear of trying something that they're they're not used to and it's all bad if they don't know about it if they're not if they don't know about it and they don't have an expert telling them this is the way this is the way and you you can go you know specific type of expert then then it's just like it's bad it's wrong Mm -hmm. you know we have so much access to so many experiences and and things we can do and 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 explore Mm -hmm. it's it's almost like too much. Like sometimes I'm like, can we take away like half my access to <laughs> to half my access to to things that really aren't relevant to me in this lifetime?
0: Mm-hmm. When you was when you was at the hot springs, you know, this is something I learned too. Because I'm mm-hmm. like, well, what are they doing? You know, um, what what's happening at these cancer centers? So they 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 told me this, a friend of mine started GoFundMe for me. And I was trying to raise the money to go over. I researched like three different cancer centers places that I want to go to one was in Irvine California mm-hmm. is like rated very highly you know natural alternative healing to cancer this is where the, the the money people go and then Tijuana you know there's two over there in Tijuana I have a consultation with one of them on Monday you know and then the one in Irvine it was $900 just for the consultation and I was like wow, oh, wow. I was like, if I don't decide to do the treatment, then I'm already out $900. You know, so I'm like, well, what kind of ballpark figures are we talking about? You know, we're talking about like 30K, $40,000, $50,000, $60,000. This is what people are paying, you know, to stay alive. I'm like, wow. So with the GoFundMe, I'm like, all right, well, I don't have all the funds yet. Well, what can I do in the meantime while I'm still raising the money? So my GoFundMe is still up. And I was like, well, what are they doing over there? So I started researching, <laughs> I started researching on like, what do they have in these centers? What are they doing? Vitamin C IV th- therapy, hydro barbaric chamber, hydrotherapy, red light, infrared therapy, sauna, you know, pulse, all those different things. That's how I started fighting. I was like, Oh really? So when I started Googling these medical devices, you know, somebody, somebody actually came and said, I've got this machine. They only have it in cancer centers and it's the only one around. And I couldn't wait because I was so bad, but it's going to take care of your stuff. I'm like, I don't really believe you, but I don't know. I'll try it anyway. You yeah. know, but then it made me think about it. Well, what else are they doing? Maybe I can buy a machine or something or, or do whatever that I can do while I'm waiting. And I can try these treatments at home. So <laughs> Yeah. I was like, sauna. I'm like, hmm, <laughs> sauna. I said, what's this infrared? And then it just dawned on me, all of these treatments was something that I used to do with my girlfriends anyway. Mm-hmm. It was go to the Korean spa. Oh, yeah, I remember At the Korean front spa. door. Listeners, anybody tuning in, in case you didn't know, here's a huge woke wisdom. <laughs> <tradition>. <laughs> I will tell you. If you ain't got the 30K <laughs> to go to these centers to do whatever, I will tell you the cheap place that you can go and do the same thing. Some of the services they offer. The Korean spa, number one, I'll tell you why, the infrared. I remember that. They had jade rooms, infrared. You have the jade it's room. Mineral you have mud. the salt room. You have the mud room. Each one of those things, whether it's earth, fire, water, stone is a, a, like a property. It removes the toxins out. The heavy mm-hmm. metal toxins out of your body. So when you sweat, you know, when you sweat, you gotta make sure you wipe off the sweat, or else you're gonna put the toxins right in your body. But that's the whole reason why they go and detox. It right. takes all the, you know, so Asian people, they usually go there after clubbing, you know. So we would go there in the ah! middle of night. It's like we party, we break a lot, we smoke like a pack of cigarettes and take a lot of shoju, drink a lot of beer. Next thing you know, it's like, oh, let's go to the spa. And then we just put on our little shorts and t-shirt and we just go in there and sweat and lay down. Oh my God. And- <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. So and awesome. apparently that, that whole thing, it's, it's just a regular thing. It's an ancient, it's thousands of years old. The Greeks were doing it. The Egyptians were doing it. The Chinese were doing it. The African, the native Americans in the sweat lodges were doing it. It's so apparently you can just sweat your cancer away if you do it a couple times a week of, you know, but like I said, they do a lot of different things. So a couple times a week, the sweating, the detox takes out the heavy metals and stuff. So, yeah, it's a Korean spot. And then the hydrotherapy is the the jump in between the hot water and the cold water. So when you're in the sauna in that part, you got like that really. I like the Korean hot. You want that temperature to be like one thirty in the rooms. You want it like one fifty. You get in there, and you're boiling, you're sweating. You know, stay in there as long as you possibly can, and then get out and then jump in that ice cold water. Yeah. I still researching. I haven't done it yet, but I've only done it where I've gone in there for a minute. But someone always told me it's good for you, and I just did it. So it's like you go back and forth, but apparently that's a treatment. And it's, you know, you go to a Korean spa, it's only 20 bucks for the whole day. Yeah, you I remember there that. And do therapy after therapy after therapy after therapy, and then just sleep because sleep is a good therapy. You know, sit out there in the sun, you know, which is vitamin D therapy. You know, Mm you want to do some exercising, the heated floors is therapy, so I got these mats. So I was like, oh, there's all these things that they're doing in those expensive centers, but you could actually do at home. So I turned my home into a little mini spa. I was like, I don't have room for a sauna. You can get a bio mat. You could lay down in a sauna. You could get a dome sauna. You can get something like, if you only had an apartment, you know, what can I do in an apartment Mm -hmm. naturally?
1: Naturally. Wow. Look, Antoinette and I can talk for a long time. And if you want to hear more about what she had to say, she freely shares on her Instagram and her Facebook. And I will link those things in the show notes. And please, listeners, remember that this is her journey and her truth. And this is what's working for her. And I bless that. I hope you enjoyed and maybe you are inspired by the wisdom she had to share. And I honor the courage it takes for someone to be open in vulnerability about themselves and speak about things that a lot of the world has pain and fear around. Thank you. Thank you, Antoinette. Believe it or not, our conversation got juicier and there's more wisdom from the Roots Data. Please join us in the next episode as we get more into the subjects of music and creativity and organic activism. Until then, please enjoy the song, More Truth by Antoinette Roots from the album Here Comes the Roots data original and healthy beats for this podcast were created by Quincy Davis. (laughs) His details are in the show notes. Woke Wisdom Podcast episodes are written, hosted, produced, and edited by me, Alexandra Loves. My guests, of course, bring their own wisdom. If you have any questions you want me to answer on the podcast, you can email me at wokewisdompodcast at gmail.com or even better text the podcast at 601 301-6974. 301 I would be so grateful if you helped me share these messages far and wide by boosting the podcast with good reviews on Apple podcasts, or by sharing the episodes with friends and groups and families on social media. That would be so awesome. It just takes a few moments and a few clicks. Click, 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 click. Be blessed and I'll see you next week. Oh, one more thing. They told me I needed a disclaimer, so cue the music. Let's do this. The information in all podcast episodes and corresponding materials, the Woke Wisdom Podcast with Alexandra Loves are provided for general informational and explorative purposes only. It is not professional advice. Any content provided by Alexandra Loves, guests, bloggers, sponsors, or authors are of their own opinion and not intended to defame, slander, or malign any person, place, or thing. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast or attached material. Alexandra Loves and her guests are not therapists, counselors, physicians, unless otherwise stated. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast or corresponding materials to treat any mental, physical, or medical condition in either yourself or others. Please seek out appropriate professionals for help. Privacy matters to the Woke Wisdom podcast. People, places, and scenarios mentioned in the podcast may be changed to protect confidentiality. Through this podcast and corresponding materials, you're able to link to other websites which are not under the control of this podcaster, Alexandra Loves. The inclusion of any links does not necessarily imply a recommendation or endorse the views expressed within them. In no event is the Woke Wisdom Podcast or Alexandra Loves liable for any loss or damage, including without limitation, indirect or consequential loss or damage, or any loss and damage whatsoever arising from your interaction with this podcast or corresponding materials. This podcast and all corresponding materials should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. This podcast and all corresponding material is owned and copyrighted by Alexandra Loves. You are welcome to download and play the podcast and share with others for personal use. Please acknowledge the Woke Wisdom Podcast with Alexandra Loves as the source of the material. You may not, except without our express written permission, distribute or commercially exploit the content. Email Podcast at alexandraloves.com to attain written permission.